Good morning, Chapel. Um, before we begin, just one announcement. So we all know um, the devastating news of what's happening in Ukraine, and um, our church has decided that we want to do something about it. And, and here's how, what we're going to do. Um, we have actually missionaries in Poland um, who we support. And right now, um, their ministry now consists of, you know, sharing the gospel and evangelizing. But as of right now, they're also helping out refugees on the border of Poland and Ukraine. Um, so we've decided that we want to uh, support them in any way possible. So there are um, black boxes that you'll see at our Bukdol and Firhill um, entrances. You can donate money there if you want to see, um, if you want money to go to those two missionaries. Also too, we have a partnership with Burnham Ministries. Burnham Ministries, if you don't know, um, the founder of Burnham Ministry is Dave Burnham. Dave Burnham is the son of Carl Burnham. Carl Burnham was the pastor who started the chapel. Dave Burnham um, succeeded him as the pastor. Actually, I think he's the one that um, built this, this building. And then his son, Jonathan, oversees Burnham Ministries. They have, they work um, around, all year round with pastors and churches in Ukraine. So um, we're partnering up with them. If you want to donate money um, to those missionaries and to Burnham Ministries, you can make checks payable to the chapel and put them in the black boxes at Furhill and Bukdol. And all the money that we collect uh, for, the, for Ukraine will go to them and they will use it as they see um, they need it, right? So um, we're not taking online donations because we, we can't do that right now. But if you want to give a check, payable to the chapel, and put it in those black boxes, if you want to put cash in those boxes, all that money goes to the two missionaries in Poland who are working with refugees, and then also um, with Burnham Ministries who are working with pastors and churches in Ukraine um, to do ministry. In. And I thought it would be appropriate that we would pray at, um, right now for Ukraine and what's going on. Um, as a word of encouragement, like in the Psalms, there are Psalms that are called imprecatory Psalms. And it's when David or the Psalmist is crying out to God and asking God to bring forth his judgment and bring forth um, strong judgment against the enemy. And it's okay at times for us to pray that God will bring justice and judgment to enemies. So we're gonna pray that because while we're gathered here this morning in this beautiful building, there is a church in Ukraine who's hiding from the enemy. So we're gonna pray for protection. So why don't we do that right now? Let's take a moment, pray silently in yourself, asking God to do a work that only he can do, and then I'll close us out. Father God, um, in this moment, in this hour, we realize that we have the privilege of gathering together as a body of believers and knowing that the church in Ukraine cannot gather. So God, we ask you, O oh Lord, to do what only you can do, is to provide and lead and guide the church in Ukraine. We ask you, O oh Lord, by your power and your strength, to provide the basements, the hallways, the bunkers that would protect the women and the children of the church, but also the citizens of Ukraine. I pray, Lord, that you would provide opportunities for the people to escape what the enemy's doing. 
God, would you hide them in the forest and hide them underground, wherever, Lord, they need to hide from the enemy, that you would protect them and lead them and guide them. Guard them, O Lord, in this time. That the gospel go forth, the hope of the gospel, that during trying times, there's still hope. And let people find hope in you in the crane. And Lord, we ask for justice. We ask you to sweep over the nation of Ukraine and provide justice. Lord, I pray that you would frustrate the plans of the enemy that would try to, to kill innocent people. God, would you come against the enemy? Frustrate their plans. Let the missiles miss. Let the technology fail. Bring justice to them right now, Lord. Lord, bring conviction to the the enemy soldiers who would kill and rape and destroy. God, frustrate the plans of the enemy. Come against them, O Lord, for the sake of your son Jesus and the name and his fame, O Lord, and for the protection of the people. God, would you do this today? End this war, this unnecessary war, and bring them to justice, those who started it. We pray this in Christ's name. And the people of God say, amen. Thanks. Good to have you back. Yeah. For those who don't know, um, I was skiing. Um, (laughs) I I thought you were breaking up like a burglary. Yeah. And like jumped in to I was doing that too. There was a fire (laughs) on the mountaintop and I skied down and I was handing Bible tracts as I was going down, <laughs> and I took a tumble. Okay, I regret <laughs> saying welcome back yeah. now. Okay. Hey, um, so this morning we've uh, shared for the last couple weeks that today we're going to do something a little bit different than, than what we normally do um, on Sundays. So normally, you know, you, you, we worship together, and then we open up God's Word, and we hear a message taught to us that's, you know, relevant to our lives. And um, this morning, we're, we're going to do it differently. Um, you know how sometimes if you as a family go through some hard things in your life uh, or, or you're about to go through some hard things, sometimes you have a family meeting to, to talk about it and you all get on the same page. And um, we call ourselves a family here, right? We say, welcome Chapel family. And in many ways, we are like a family. And so sometimes we need to have family discussions. And this morning is one of those family discussions that uh, we've been through a lot over the last year, the last 10, 10-ish months. And uh, we, feel like, we feel like we need a Sunday to kind of get on the same page and talk about it. So if you're a guest this morning, um, you should know this is a different time than, than what is normal. But, I, but we've been praying that um, it's no mistake that you're here this morning. And hopefully what you experience from a bunch of broken, flawed, imperfect people who are also being transformed and being redeemed and being saved. What you experienced this morning with us um, just being honest about where we've been and where we're going and where we're at right now will be an encouragement to you to see what Jesus' church uh, should look like. So um, we, we decided that it would be best this morning if we didn't have a polished message written in letter form that we just sort of gave to you. But we felt like we wanted to just talk with you this morning as a couple of your shepherds here who love you and care for you 
Um, we wanted to just kind of have a conversation together. And so in those kinds of conversations where, you know, things aren't quite as honed, um, sometimes, you know, you can say things that, that just don't quite come out right or um, don't quite sit right. And so I, I say that to say this morning we would ask that maybe you would just extend us some grace as you listen to us and we kind of share some of these things, if you just give us the benefit of the doubt, and, and if something comes out of either of our mouth that doesn't quite sit right with you, um, just come talk to us, and you know, we, can, we can talk through that and, and hopefully explain ourselves a little bit better. So I was reading in, uh, in Colossians yesterday, and it actually had no purpose uh, with, with this, but I was just reading, and something just jumped out to me that I thought, this is this is very much what, what we're trying to do right now as a church. So Paul writes to the church in Colossae, and he had not been to that church. He didn't establish that church. He didn't, he didn't know most of them. But in this passage, he writes, and he says, I've been struggling for you. I'm struggling for you with the purpose. The purpose of his struggle for them was that their hearts might be encouraged and that they might be knit together in love and that they may grow to maturity in Christ. Let me read this. So this is Paul writing. He says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together. Another translation says united in love, being knit together, united in love, to reach all the riches of the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. He's saying, I'm struggling for you to hopefully encourage your hearts to unite us together as one and to move us to maturity, to understand the fullness of who Jesus Christ is. And that's, I hope you receive what we share with you this morning in that tone. Like, that's our heart. We are committed to struggle, and sometimes it's been a struggle. We can be honest about that, right? We're committed to struggle with you and for you with the purpose of encouraging our hearts this morning, uniting us in love, and bringing us to, to maturity, to understand the fullness of the person and, and, and God, Jesus Christ. So that's, that's our goal this morning. And frankly, uh, we've allowed other things. We, as your leaders, have allowed other things over the last months to distract us from some of that and uh, to get in the way of some of those things. And so you're going to hear some sorries from us. You're going to hear some uh, admitting of some mistakes that we've made, uh, not intentionally, but mistakes nonetheless that have been hurtful uh, to many of you. Um, but the purpose is to encourage us and to unite us and to grow us in Jesus Christ. So. The complexity of all of this, if, we could, if I could just be uh, candid with you, is some people are at a point where months ago, you know, you, you're ready to move forward. You're ready to, to take the next, chap to the next step, to move on to the next chapter. The things that happened in the past are in the past, right? And then there's others of us that are not there. You know, we're all different people with different personalities and, and different experiences and different relationships with one another. And that makes it hard, frankly, to know the best way to lead during this time. And so we've been talking and praying and, and having lots of conversations with you all and with the staff, and we just felt like this morning it was time, probably long overdue, to have 
just kind of a family conversation where wherever we're at with all of these things, hopefully we can move to the same place so that we can begin to heal and move forward. That's the, that's the goal for this morning. And can I just ask you, if I could be so bold as to ask you, if by the end of this time this morning, if you're still struggling, like if you're one of the people that I'm just stuck, you know, what's happened over the last 10 months has been personally hurtful. I have questions. I don't think I have answers to the questions. I, if that's you this morning, here, here's my, here's my um, what I'm asking. I'm asking that you don't just stay there and that you don't let bitterness or frustration or anger take root in your heart, but that you would do one of two things, or maybe two of two things. Next Sunday, the 13th, after this service, we're going to have a time for folks that are just hurting and that just need questions answered or concerns that they just need to be heard, they need to be talked to. So after this service, right now we're planning in room 155, we're going to have a time, Tim and I will be there, a lot of the staff will be there, and it'll just be a time for us to kind of get on the same page and hopefully work toward healing. And if that, if you're not able to be there, maybe that doesn't do it for you. And again, we don't feel like this is going to solve everything this morning. But if you need to talk more, please reach out to us. Like I, I keep saying that from up front, and some of you are taking me up on that, and I'm grateful for that. But if you, if you want to talk more, reach out to us, give us an email, give us a phone call, whatever, and we would love to sit down with you more. So, so here's the plan for this morning. Three kind of chunks for our time. Um, the first one is we want to spend a bit of time looking back. We're not going to go into great detail and rehash everything. That's not our purpose. We don't feel like that would be helpful. But there's some very specific things that we feel like we want to say this morning as we reflect back on these last 10 months for the purpose of healing. So the first chunk, I guess, is, is a time of hopefully healing for us. The second one, these are all H's. I worked really hard on alliteration for these, right? The second one is honesty. It doesn't sound like it starts with an H, but I assure you it does. <clears throat> honesty. Um, but we want to look at just where we're at right now as a church. We get a lot of questions with that. You know, what, what are we doing? What's, what is this ministry model committee doing? What, what are the conversations? Where are we at? What's, where are things headed? So we want to have a time of honesty. And then we want to end with a time of hope together where we look forward. There's lots of things. Maybe you should, maybe you should hear this right now to set the stage. We're really excited for the future of the church. And we're not just saying that because you're supposed to say that from up front. Legitimately looking forward to what God, the future that God has for us, we're really excited for, for the direction that things are headed. Um, so we want to look forward with hope. So some healing, some honesty, and then some hope looking forward. And then we're going to end our time with communion. Yeah. And um, I want to ground us so that we can begin um, in Acts chapter 6. This is a passage that I taught already before. But if you would do me a favor, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. This is going to be really hard for me to talk to sit down and only use one hand. Like my arm is already tired from this morning and I'm dying to like use both my hands. So um, something that I have been deeply convicted about and it came from this passage Acts chapter 6, um, just to give you an idea of what happens in Acts chapter 6. Um, the church is growing exponentially, and the apostles are faced with an issue. Um, and the issue is that there are um, uh, Greek-speaking Jews who are being overlooked in the church. And there's a complaint to the apostles. 
And what do the apostles do in this passage? They immediately address the problem with much grace and love. So I preach this sermon and I think and remember the last six to 10 months. And I say to myself that we have done a poor job in pastoring and shepherding you. Like when I look at this passage and I see the response of the apostles in verse two and three, and then I see the result. Look at the result, um, verse seven, and the word of God continued to increase and a number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. When I think about that, like I, I think to myself how we have not led our congregation well. And for that, we need to apologize and we need to say sorry. Right, like there were times where we swept things under the rug. We, we kind of didn't talk about what happened. We didn't mention Tim or Jim. And we just continued to preach the word and sing the song and then remind you, hey, don't forget about the event that's happening. Don't forget about the upcoming project that we're doing. Don't forget about the meeting that we're having. And all the while, we were not shepherding you well. I look at this passage and I'm deeply convicted that the apostles address the problem immediately with much grace and mercy and kindness. And then I look back at the way we address the problems and issues of our church and then say to myself, like, we didn't do well. Right? Like, that hurts me because the truth is, like, we love you guys. Like, you need to hear that. Like, we, the pastors and the staff, genuinely care and love you. I love your children. Not all of them, particularly the high schoolers. <laughs> I'm joking. Relax. I love them. I really do. But, like, we genuinely love you. And one of the ways that we haven't loved you well is by acting like nothing happened. Right, like we pointed you to the events. Don't forget about this, don't forget about that. And, and we didn't give you the space and the opportunity to grieve and mourn. And like Jeff said before, so many of our congregation is ready to move on, but many of our people weren't ready to move on because we didn't care for them well. We, we, didn't, we weren't as transparent as we needed to be. We swept things under the rug and we thought that the best way to shepherd you and pastor you was, was not to address the problem, but to sweep it under the rug and say, no, 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 we're still gonna, we're still gonna proclaim the gospel and, and then come to the event. We've made mistakes. It's not okay. And because of that, many of our people left. Right, like a lot of our people, if you look here, are no longer with us because we didn't do a really good job and loving and caring for them. And we have to own that. I own it, Jeff's own it, the staff owns it. Like we just didn't do a good job in shepherding you. Many of you are grieving and hurting. Many of you are angry and upset as well. And we didn't give you the opportunity to do that. And this is why um, we're having this discussion this morning. And also, I wanna, I wanna say that the, one of the ways that we haven't shepherded you well is that our communication and the way we communicated what was going on in our church seemed cold and distant. Like, 
A lot of it was just informational, but it wasn't a lot of love and grace in the way we communicated. Like we just said things and hoped that you would understand and then realizing like the way we communicated wasn't helpful for everyone. And the other thing that we need to apologize for is that um, for the most part, like many of you didn't know that Tim Armstrong was being investigated. And while there was an issue between two people, he was being investigated. And for many of our people in our congregation, that was a surprise. And for that, we're sorry that we, we didn't make that clear and that we, we didn't share a lot of information. And just to be truthful on my part, like I have a desire, like there's an innate desire. I don't know if this is me or maybe this is other pastors or leaders, but like I have this innate desire to put on a good face and say, we're gonna be okay. And then inside I'm like drowning and dying because like, I'm feeling the same thing you're feeling. And somehow like, I had to put on a good face for you because I had to let you know we're okay. And at times we weren't okay. We're not okay. And that's okay to say it, that we're not okay. But the goal for us is not to stay in that place where we're not okay. It's okay, I've heard this in the church before, like it's okay to not be okay. As long as we don't stay there, we don't plan to stay here. I mean, when I mean here, I mean in, the, in that feeling. But we haven't been okay. And for me, like many times I just preached, if I preached a good message, they'll forget about what happened. Nah, you didn't. I didn't. And in that way, I failed you. We failed you as a staff of just not being truthful and honest. I was talking to somebody um, <clears throat> and they were just sharing their own pain outside of any of this stuff at the church. I'm sorry, outside of the stuff from the church, their own pain in their life. They were walking through a particularly hard time. And it, it just struck me so hard that as a church, we should have been here to heal, to help her heal through the pain that she was experiencing. But instead, unintentionally, but we did it nonetheless, we added to her pain. We contributed to it. And so I, I, I want you to hear from me as well. Um, we're just, we're sorry that we, we as your leaders, and we represent the leaders. Uh, we let you down in these things. We made uh, lots of mistakes with these things. And we didn't, we often didn't act the way that shepherds should. And so we ask for your forgiveness. And we also commit to you that we will learn from our mistakes, from the ways that we were aloof or we were focused on ourselves and our own pain when we weren't available to you in, in your pain and grieving and processing all of this, we will learn from our mistakes. And, and I wanna echo what, what Tim said, probably the thing that I've heard the most in, in conversations with many of you is, you know, this whole thing just blindsided mm -hmm. me, you know? Like I just, I thought it was an issue between two men and then I realized that, and then all of a sudden, Tim is gone and then Jim is gone and I didn't even know they were being investigated. I talked to Zach 
uh, Durr, the interim senior pastor this past week, and he shared with me, and he said it was, he actually asked if I would share this, um, that he looks back at, at that being his greatest mistake in this process as not communicating well enough to us here in Akron what was happening, the, the extent of the investigation that was going on. And so there's lots of mistakes that we've made. And, and you know, another thing that I've heard from quite a few people is I, I don't even know that I could say Tim's name around here anymore. It feels like it's a dirty word or something. He was our previous senior pastor. Like, am I allowed to, am I allowed to miss him? Am I allowed to appreciate the things that he did that were really impactful for my life? I had somebody say, he was, he was there one Sunday and he preached a sermon. I've heard him for the last seven years and he's, he, I have grown so much under his leadership. And then all of a sudden he was on administrative leave and then he was gone, he was never back. And I never got to say goodbye. And I never got to say thank you. And I, I guess what we want you to hear from us is, his name is not a dirty name. There were things, many things that Tim did around here that were really good and helpful. It was good for us as a church. There were hard things, right? There were hard things. But there were many good things too. And it is good and right for many of us. Most people, your only experience with Tim was him from the stage, and it was really good. You had no bad experiences with him. And so, as if you needed it, Please hear from us. His name is not a dirty name. We're going to pray for Tim and Michelle and Jim and Brenda and their family at the end of our time. But, but it's right and good for us to acknowledge the good things that he did, that he led through, right? It's, it's actually good and it's cathartic for us. So let, let me just say one other thing before we move to the next section here. Um, so we've had, I think we're at nine full-time staff who from this campus that are transitioning or have transitioned to, to another place. And sometimes, to, to Tim's point earlier, sometimes when you stand on stage, you can feel this pressure to go, oh, it's going to be okay, We're, everything's fine, nothing to worry about here, nothing to see here, and just celebrate and celebrate. And you go, well, do, did, doesn't mm-hmm. it hurt? Like, don't you, mm-hmm. don't you feel it? Yes. Like, we feel it. Like, these are, these are friends that have transitioned on. And we... Maybe it's good for you to hear this too. We didn't ask anybody to leave. We didn't, we didn't ask anybody to leave. We didn't want that. God was stirring in each of these men and women's hearts to go someplace else, to have a fresh start. Some of them needed it. Some of them had been through some hard things and they needed it. But, but we feel it, right? Just like you feel it. Just like you loved them, love them. We loved them as well. And so we feel, I just... We feel that alongside of you. Yeah, and I think too, um, uh, along with that, that like we have to remember that that the people who have left, that the Lord had t- took them. Right? I mean, there there is a there's something that's happening in our church, and I'll talk about it later. But like that, God is moving pieces, and that includes people um, for whatever reason to refine our church and to grow our church deeper. Um, and one of those things, too, that we've seen is the legacy of Tim and Jim. I, I think about Jim and Brenda, who have a legacy here of like 30 years, right? Like, that, that doesn't go away. And the way we honor them is by giving thanks and glory to God that, that they were obedient to the work during their time here, and that we will give 
not them the credit, but God the credit that he was the one that used them as instruments in this church. And we do the same thing for Tim and Brenda and, and, and we were reminded of their work. Not that it was theirs, but that it was the Lord's and the Lord worked through them and the Lord did things that, that only he could do in our church. And I think that's something that we ought to celebrate and, and give thanks to God first that they have given, especially Jim and Brenda, 30 years plus years of, of faithful ministry. And it's okay to say that and feel that. Yeah. I was reading in, um, in 2 Corinthians this, this week, just kind of getting ready for this. I was struck. So if you know anything about the Corinthian church, the Corinthian church, like of all the churches that were written to in the New Testament, they, they're the one that's the most the mess right? Like they got issues as a church. And, and in 2 Corinthians especially, Paul writes to the church and he addresses a lot of the issues that they were dealing with. And he's not just talking to the leaders of the church about the issues that they had. He was talking to the church, the church, about the issues that, that they had. So things like, you know, how to deal with a wayward sinner, um, how he and his um, others with him weren't always treated well, respected well. There's false teachers around. He was very honest about, you know, his struggle with a thorn in his flesh. Like he, he talked about the hard things, I guess is my point. And, and we also have to talk about the hard things. Just because we're a big church doesn't mean there's not lots of, I always think of the church as like a beautiful mess. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's messy. We're people. We all have our issues, right? It's a beautiful mess because God is working in it. But sometimes it feels more messy than it feels beautiful, right? And we have to talk about those things. And so um, maybe if I could move us into the next section, the, the honesty section. So there's just a few things I think maybe it's good for us to hear. Um, one is this is a time when we need to be flexible as a, as a church. So I think probably most of you know we have a ministry model team committee that's kind of looking at who we are as a church. I'll tell you a little bit more about, about that here in a second. But significant decisions about what we will look like as a church kind of hang in the balance with that. And so right now for us especially, we need to be nimble. We need to be flexible in the ways that we do things depending on what the future holds and all of these things. And I would say the second thing is we really need to be united. That's again, a really important part of this time is hopefully, you know, we're all over the place, but hopefully we can begin to move together in unity, knitted together in love, as Paul says, because if we don't, we're in trouble. Like we're in trouble as a church. If we come together as one, I cannot wait to see what God does in this next chapter. Maybe it's good to hear too, and this is again just being, being candid. So Tim mentioned that you know over the last year, we've had a, a decent number of people who have been hurt through this process that have transitioned to other places. You can see that as you look around if you've been at the chapel very long. We're a church of about 1,000 to 1,100 people on a Sunday. That's who we are right now, right? Now, there's some online folks as well. If you're watching online, um, we're glad that you're watching. But those that are here physically present, we're about 1,000, 1,100 people. And so maybe for some of us, you hear that number and you're like, oh my goodness, I remember when we were, you know, dot, dot, dot. Or others, you hear that number and you're like, wow, that's a lot of people. You know, this is, this is quite a large place. I would tell you, we're, we're talking to staff about this 
This past week, we were talking to Jen and Karen, and they're like, listen, the family area is growing. Like, we get, we're getting more and more kids, more and more young families that are, that are getting connected, which is awesome, which is the next generation of the church, right? That's, that's necessary for us to be healthy. And then I would also say we're growing. One of, one of the coolest things for me when I came back, I was at the Akron campus maybe 10 years or so prior to that, when I came back to see how much different we look as a campus, like, the, like physically, we are way more diverse, which is beautiful, which is encouraging, right? So, so amidst some of the hard stuff, God is doing good things. And, you know, some of the, so we talked about the, the staff that are leaving. So that creates some openings, right? Like they all had jobs, they all had ministries and people that they served and were responsible for. And you may ask, in fact, we've been asked quite a few times, like, so are we hiring? Are we replacing all those people? And I would tell you this. So again, just being candid. We were staffed for a church that was much bigger than what we are right now. We just, we just were. And so God in his providence, God in his kindness, he called people to different places that they transitioned on. And what that does for us right now is it allows us to pause and step back and evaluate, like, who do we need? Like, what positions do we need to fill right now? What are some of these things that we can shift around to other staff that are already here that could carry a bigger load? What are some things that we need to simplify so, so we're not rushing forward with that. We've hired um, Pastor Bob Schneider back on a part-time basis, which has been such a blessing. Uh, Jeremy Poundstone to do kind of our connections ministry, which is great. And we're going to hire a couple more, but we're just not there yet, right? So we're not in any, uh, any rush to do that. Um, we want to be in a place where, with our budgets, that is healthy. So, so perhaps many of you didn't know this, some of our ministries here have been supported or partially supported by offerings that have come from other campuses. So not all of the ministries, I said our staff was bigger than what our congregation size should allow. And so up to this point for a while to make that happen, some of the funds for those ministries were used from other campuses. And what we're saying right now is, I think we need to be wise and we need to learn, we need to move ourselves to a place where we, where we kind of live on what we bring in together as a church family, right? And so we're, we're being careful with those things. And I would say this too, I'm sorry, I'm going a little long now. It was Tim that went long last time. <laughs> Not me. Uh, I, I would say this too, one of the core values for us as a church, the chapel, is we don't use all the money that comes in that you guys give, mm -hmm. that we all give. We don't use it all here inside the walls. We give a lot of money to places outside the walls. By my last count, by my last calculation, somewhere between 20 and 25 percent. That's a lot. And we want to continue to do that. And so we're being very careful and intentional with our budget to say, okay, Let's live on this amount so that we can continue to be generous with those others around the world. <clears throat> Let me say something about, about this guy. Um, 
So Tim and I have known each other. So we, we've both been in the church for about three years, a little over three years, but we really haven't known each other except for like the last four months, somewhere around in there. And so um, our relationship has been microwaved, right? Like we're, we're both here and have been called into these positions and we're getting to know each other. And frankly, we're two different people who have different personalities. Uh, we took personality assessment things and we have, we're very similar. We're both uh, like the dominant personality. And so sometimes there's a little bit of rub with that. And we've had some really good come to Jesus conversations with each other. Like it's been, it's been really good. And, and so we, don't, we haven't always seen things exactly the same. But what, but what you need to know is we love each other. Like this is, this is what, how church leadership functions in a healthy way. Like we can talk about this, we're not the same person, but we love each other and we're going to work through the little, you know, disagreements or whatever it is that with different, different perspectives on things. And I want, I want you to know that's happening and I want you to know that we look at Tim, we feel like God has put Tim here very specifically for this time. And we look at Tim and we feel like Tim is very much a part of the future leadership of this campus. So you see, you see his giftings, you see his personality, you see his heart to shepherd people and love people and be relational. We see all those things too. The thing that Tim has, is lacking right now is some experience. He's never been in this position before. And so that's part of the reason that I'm here. I have a little more experience, which maybe is a nice way of saying I'm older. <laughs> I'm old. But, but that's part of my role. The privilege of my role is to, to just kind of help us a little bit through this time and to come alongside of him and mentor him and help him kind of move forward in his, in his leadership. But I want you all to know that we look at Tim very much as the future leader of our campus here, okay? Okay, L last thing with this part, and then, and then we'll, we'll talk about the future. We'll talk about the, the direction where we're going. So the, the ministry model committee, um, as, as you know, we've been meeting. So Tim and I are both on that team. We've been meeting um, for, since January, so for about uh, two, two and a half months, something like that now. And we're continuing to move forward, and it's good conversations. Where we're at right now, um, about uh, maybe a month ago, three weeks ago, the ministry model team asked the pastors to look into eldership. What does biblical eldership look like? What does eldership look like at local churches in the New Testament specifically? And so the pastors wrestled with that and put together a pretty extensive set of documents that we gave and we said, this is what we, we feel like, this is our best understanding of biblical eldership. And so the conversations with the ministry model team right now are really centered around eldership. And, and what we're wrestling with is this, at its core, it's this, at what level do we connect, continue to connect with each other as seven campuses or seven churches and a camp? And at what level do we give independence and autonomy? And everything, and this is really important that you hear this, everything is on the table right now. Everything is being discussed. There's no decisions that are made at this point. But it's really cool to see God kind of help us as, as one with unity understand what the scriptures say, 
where we're at right now as a church. You know, part of, um, we, we said the guardrails in this discussion are the Bible and our founding documents as an independent, non-denominational church. So as an independent, non-denominational church, what should our future look like going forward? And so I'm very encouraged with the discussions. We said about six months was the timeline for the ministry model team to do their work. At the end of that time, and the trustees are being updated in real time with that. So we're all talking about the same thing. At the end of that time, I would say by sometime late summer, early fall, I feel pretty confident the plan is that we will know where we're going. We will have a very strong sense of where we're going. And hopefully, long before that time, we can give you more concrete updates as well. Does that make sense? Okay, let's, let's talk about the last part. Yeah, and just to add, if you have, I don't know if you mentioned this, but the, if you wanna know who's on the Ministry Model Committee, we've mentioned their names before, but they're on the website. So on the website, there's a button that says Moving Forward. You can click on it and you can find out who are the people that are part of that ministry model committee? What are some of the major topics that we're talking about and how we're, we're moving towards making a decision? Um, but I think it's important for us to realize, like a lot of people who have asked me and said, like, what's the vision of the church now? How, what are we gonna do in the future? And, and I want us to just, uh, I wanna point us to a couple of things that are happening, but also ground us on scripture. So if you would do me a favor, open up your Bibles. Um, you're probably in Acts, but I want you to jump to Ephesians. Jump to Ephesians chapter one. Um, I'm gonna read you verse 15 to 23. Um, and as you're turning to that passage, I wanna just point us to some of the things that we have been doing that we're planning to do, right? One of the things that we are doing and we're gonna to continue to do is that we're gonna to continue to reach our city. Like, look at me for a minute. Like, we, we have a strong desire to reach the city of Akron and beyond. Like, we're, we're not comfortable staying in these four walls. Like, we're gonna actively pursue to reach our city, right? And we've been doing that, right? We do that through our local missions, right? Partnering up with five schools. We, we do that with a partnership with Emmanuel Christian, right? Like, anytime Emmanuel Christian needs something, we are there to support them, to love them, and care for them. Like, we are their champions, right? So, some of the things that we are doing, local outreach, we're gonna continue doing that. Also, like, we're continuing to do church planning, if you, if you hear the news about what Alan's doing in Medina, I mean, the church is growing. I mean, I think, I, I said this in the first service, so I'm gonna say it again um, here now. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but like, one of the questions they're asking is like, do we buy property? Do we move our building? Do we add a second hour? Because they're busting out of the seams at Medina, right? You know, their parking lots are full. Chase is growing numerically. Like, so we are gonna continue to support them in the way that might change later on. I don't know, but the Lord is still working. Right here at the chapel, we still have ABFs. And one of the things that we're, we're gonna venture to do this year is we're gonna do home groups. Look, groups that are geographic, am I supposed to say that? Can I say that? Yes, yeah. say it, baby. Uh, like, one of the plans is to do is like, the way we're gonna reach our city, we want to start home groups. We want to, to, to reach our people, we wanna to go to them. Like, we're not okay with just saying, just come here, we're gonna to go to them. So those are some of the things that we're doing. And, and, and here's just, here's just a, a glimpse of what I think the future 
looks like. And, and just to remind you of what God is already doing, look at Ephesians chapter one, verses uh, 15 to 23. I'll read it for you. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, right? This is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus. He's talking to the congregation, the entire congregation. And this is what Paul says to them. And this is what I think we need to hear for ourselves, right? For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, Verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his great might? That he who worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Last verse, verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And this is a reminder of God's faithfulness to his church. This is a reminder of God's faithfulness to our church, that he's the head of the church. He's our pastor, he's our leader. And that what we view and experience as a deep valley of great hurt, pain, doubt, frustration is actually a new season that the Lord is leading us to. Like this is the new season for us in the life of our church. So that what? That Christ may be glorified. So that he may be honored. Right? I think about the high schoolers and the middle schoolers. Like what are they going to say about us in 10 years? Are they gonna say that we were the church who fought for us, who fought for them, who fought for our city? Or are they gonna say that they, that they were scared and, and that they were overwhelmed and they gave up? No, no, no. What we want them to say is that this was the church who proclaimed the gospel, who proclaimed it to the city, who didn't give up, who stood together in unity, who proclaimed the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ who fought for them to see Christ formed. That's what Paul says, right, to a church. He says, I travail like a mother giving birth to see Christ form in you. And this is our opportunity to travail like a mother giving birth to see Christ be formed in us. So the hope that we have for our church, right, it's not contingent on a ministry model. It's contingent on the spirit of God working in the life of the people on the ministry uh, model, right? The hope for us this morning is that despite our failures, despite our shortcomings, that we serve a God who sits on a throne, who's not surprised by it, and that works in the messes, that works in our mistakes, so that he can redeem it for himself. Imagine that, that, that the, the hope that we have is that God redeems the very thing that we mess up so that his son can be glorified, right? So that we can proclaim the faith that we have in Jesus Christ is that he has conquered it all, that all authority, power, and dominion are under his feet. 
That's a powerful testimony to us this morning, that whatever happens in our church, it's gonna be good. It's a new season, and it's the Lord that's leading us, and that we shouldn't be afraid. And when we are afraid, when we're angry, frustrated, when we're confused about what's going on, that it is okay to feel that way. I've heard this in a church before. Um, this was a mantra that they used that I'm stealing. Um, they always said, it's okay not to be okay as long as we don't stay there. That's the hope of Ephesians chapter one, right? That like, though it's, not, it's okay for us to be going through what we're going through, the Lord is gonna lead us and guide us for his honor and glory. And, and what we're asking you to do here this morning is to hold on tight, to share your burden with us, and to trust the Lord for the future of our church. I, I would add, it's gonna look different, right? Like us moving forward is gonna look different than how we've looked in the past. We're not, the intention is to not go Go back to what the chapel used to be. That's not what we want to do or feel called to do. Tim's different, I'm different than anybody in the past. What we wanna do is we wanna build on the past and the tradition and the legacy that God has been building, has been writing for us as a church. We wanna continue to move forward, but it, but it is going to look different. And I would tell you too, we will make mistakes, mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's, part, that's part of it. And I'm actually, good making mistakes. I just, I want us to make the right kind of mistakes, right? We, we've made the wrong kinds of mistakes over this last year. The right kind of mistakes are when you go, well, I want to try something new to reach more people with the gospel. We've never done it before. That's okay. Let's go after it. Let's, let's do something hard. Let's figure it out. Oh, it didn't work. That's okay. Let's learn from it. And then the next time, hopefully we'll be more successful. Those are the right kinds of mistakes but we are gonna make mistakes. Anything else you wanna hit on before we- I wanna add we... one thing, cause someone mentioned it uh, to me that I, that I wanna make it clear too, as far as Camp Carl, we, we love mm -hmm. Camp Carl. Um, Tom will tell you, I'm not an outdoors guy, like I don't do woods, I'm more of a Hilton Marriott type of guy. <laughs> but I love Camp Carl. We're gonna continue to, to, to support Camp Carl. Like this summer, I'm gonna be at Camp Carl. Why? Because we firmly believe that what God is doing, not only in our church, he's doing it at Camp Carl. And we're gonna invest as much as we can, our time and energy. And I know we have like a, we're gonna announce this soon, but we have a volunteer day. I'm gonna be out there with one arm, watching and supervising you guys work. But like, what, that someone brought that up, and I was just wondering, like, we love Camp Carl, we love the work that Tom is doing, and we're gonna continue to fan that flame because God is doing, I wanna, he, anyway, I, I'm not gonna say, but he got a sponsorship. Anyway, you, you guys should talk to Tom and see what God's doing at Camp Carl. We wanna be part of that, and we're gonna continue doing that. So for those of you who are concerned about that, realize that is still something that is passion, a passion for our church here at Akron. Yeah, and, and yes, absolutely. And um, one last thing that actually between services, I had a few people ask me, and maybe you have the same question. We've had a bunch of people say, where's the cross at? Didn't there used to be a cross that was, that was right here? Um, yeah. He brought it up. Oh, yeah, he talked about it. <laughs> What about the Christian flag? Is that around there too? No. Um, 
the, the cross was only removed because we're redoing some of the sound stuff in this room. And so we had to move it during that time and it will be back front and center soon. So just so you know that. Okay, so how about we, st- we take some time and pray together and then we share communion together. Yes. Is that good? So let, let's, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, um, I just, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that you're with us through every hard time that we go through. God, some of those things we go through just individually, personally, and then other things we go through collectively. But we're never alone. And you have this amazing way of working good, even amidst the the rotten things, things that we think could not possibly have good come from them. You, You do it. God. You're the God of hope. You're the God of restoration. You're the God of healing. You're the God of new beginnings and next chapters. You're the faithful God. Even when we are unfaithful, even when we rebel or we make <clears throat> mistakes or we get selfish or prideful, you, 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 you chase after us with open arms, just waiting for us to come to our senses and repent and ask for forgiveness. Father, I pray that you would forgive me and us as your leaders, as as the shepherds that you've placed here at the chapel for the mistakes that we've made. Father, thank you that that you don't define us by our worst moments or our mistakes, but you make us a people of grace, and I'm grateful for that. And Father, I pray that you would be with Tim, Pastor Tim Armstrong and Michelle Armstrong and their family. God, where, where they're at and what they're doing and what their future holds, you know that, Lord. But I pray that you would teach them what you want them to, to know and experience through all this, God. And I pray that you would use them in a powerful way for your kingdom in the future. And God, I'm grateful, we're grateful for the, the good things that Tim brought here and did here and how he grew us and challenged us and taught us your word, the word of God so accurately. So I pray that you go before them and you would be with them, Lord. God, I lift up uh, Jim and Brenda and their family. God, thank you for um, their many years of faithful ministry here at the chapel. And I ask you, O Lord, that you would provide in ways that only you can provide. I pray that you would lead and guide their steps. I also pray for our church, Lord. I pray for those who are hurting, for those who are grieving. I ask, O Lord, they would find rest and comfort in your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who are ready to move on to the next thing. Lord, I ask that they um, would have the peace and the tranquility to realize that we together in unity is better than a group going off and and trying to to lead while forsaking those who are still hurting. God, and I pray for the future of our church. You are leading us in a new season. God, what do you want us to do? Who do you want us to be? God, I, I ask that your spirit will move in the ministry model committee and our trustees to give them wisdom and guidance as to what you want us to do. 
You've taken away all the things that maybe we've been fixated on and you've given us a marvelous opportunity to realign ourselves back to your will, to your purpose. God, we move forward when you move. So lead us and guide us. And Lord, I ask you, what do you want us to do? Who do you want us to be? How do you want us to operate? Bring wisdom where we need wisdom. And Lord, I want to thank you for the work that you already are doing in the life of our church. Thank you for the people who deeply care for you, who love you, who faithfully serve you, who give their time and energy to you. God, we thank you that despite all the troubles in the world and in our lives, in our church, you continue to use us, you continue to mold us, you continue to, to use your spirit among the church. We thank you, Father God. And it is in Christ's name we pray. And the people of God say, amen. This has been a message from the chapel. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about the chapel or any of our campuses, including Akron, Green, Wadsworth, Kenmore, Cuyahoga Falls, Nordonia, and Medina, please go to our website at thechapel.life.